0: Welcome to Fortune Favors to Fans. This is the Fans First Sports Network College Football Betting Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Macon, joined with my co-host, Chris. We're going to be talking about all things college football betting. We're going to give you guys some updates on how our last week went. We're going to give you some off-the-radar games to get you interested in maybe some of the games you ordinarily want to watch, some of your prop bet over-unders, and then we're going to close out, as always, with our pick 'em contests. Uh, those will be the five major games out of the power five one from each conference we got a great slate in week five a lot of movement possible in that contest we had a little bit of a movement last week we'll go through that here in a minute but as always guys it was another good week for us i think as a, as a group so we're still staying ahead of the, of the eight ball now let's talk chris how did your week go overall
1: i did okay man but the you know it was an amazing it was an amazing day i like i, I think i Told you on this podcast the week last week, like me and friends had plans. We posted up at a bar and we just sat there for like seven straight hours and just watched the games. And it and everybody in 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 the bar was just like so zoned in. But like the twelve thirty games were kind of a letdown. They were kind of the big games. Then were kind of blowouts, so it, it died a little then. But then four thirty kind of made up for it. Four thirty was so much fun, uh, uh, Pacific time for everybody. But um i i i had a couple bad ones but nothing too crazy uh so my friday night uh parlay i gave which was uh air force to cover five um and mixed with byu to cover uh eight and a half uh air force was favored by five sorry and then byu to cover eight and a half um i dude i had that until the last minute of the game boise scores a garbage time touchdown and they lose, but by three. I was so pissed after that one. Um, otherwise, it would have been a great Friday night. But BYU covered against Kansas; it was great. Um, and then Cal under fifty. Uh, Cal versus Washington under fifty nine and a half. The, the total score for that ended up being ninety one. It was just offense on display, more by Washington, but just by both teams, they put up a lot of points. And then obviously the the Ole Miss um, plus six and a half Alabama kind of spanked them so uh how, how'd you do
0: it was kind of a mixed bag i still ended up ahead for the week which was nice but this yeah. was one of the quieter weeks for me in a while um, i needed some i really needed some block to get this one done i think the one's worth noting i had army 13 and a half versus syracuse i actually turned this one off army throws a pick very late in this game down i think it was 19 uh no i think they were down 20 Um, they throw a pick in the back of the end zone. And I was like, okay, uh, or excuse me, they were, they were down enough that like, they were already not covering. So Syracuse missed an extra point early in this game. I was like, I wonder if that's going to come up Mm. Syracuse. I don't remember how they gave the ball back to army. Either they kicked a field goal or something, but they gave the ball back and there was a five, six minutes left. I wasn't watching anymore. Army's never going to drive the length of the field in that kind of time throws an 80 yard touchdown pass to cover (laughs) 13 and a half by getting within 13. Um, just total garbage time touchdown gave me that cover. That was a huge win. Um, the Ohio State, I, I both of us had them in this game. They cover late against Notre Dame. They pushed that um, at minus three. I really liked how Air Force is looking at that pick. I think pick, picking Air Force in general is just increasingly becoming um, a lot of fun to do. That I had them four and a half or San Jose State, State as well. They covered Law Tech, backdoor covered on Nebraska. I don't think that was garbage time, but Nebraska controlled that game start to finish and just wasn't good enough to put them away. Um, and I got to give a shout out to Penn State. Uh, they they really brought the hammer down on Iowa. That's one of the few prop bets that has hit for me this year. So, you know, they I had them over two and a half TDs to get that one. I, I put the least amount on the prop bets because I'm having no success for them. I just give them to you guys for fun. But that, it was nice to finally have one of those hits. Um, the big backbreaker was Clemson. and mm. missed that field goal and, and <laughs> ended up losing to Florida State. I would have yeah. had a pickup there if they'd hit that. And obviously Ole Miss was just a massive letdown that game. So, you know, kind of a mixed bag, but I ended up ahead and that's all you can want. As long as you're not losing, you're still winning. Um, yeah. The, wor- the
1: worst part about the Friday night one that really killed me was like those games were at, so like the Boise state versus uh, for San Diego state game, they get the game started six and then the, uh, the air force San Jose state game started at seven. So they're kind of like going concurrently. And like, I was on a high when air force covered and then I just, Immediately went to a low when fucking when uh uh or sorry when I other w- way around but uh, yeah I it was just it was like a high and then a low I was like damn it yeah anyway I
0: I I I don't I don't think I took anything Friday night this week um I'll have to double check that but I do think the Friday night games can make or break so much of your week yeah just because you can immediately start just so depressed or you can be in such a good mood but it it, it it's this slate's weaker. Last slate was pretty awesome. There was a bit of a lull. I think some of the games that we thought were going to be more competitive really didn't break that way. But uh, we do have a good slate of games to talk about we're going to start with the off the radar games as a reminder these are the games that you wouldn't ordinarily watch either we think you're getting good value from these picks we think there's a good storyline to get you interested and worth looking at well also still you know we're trying to give you guys a good line so we're not just throwing out games that are just kind of funny or whatever they have to also be value but there we think there's a reason to watch it gives you something to do a little bit of a rooting interest which makes college football a lot more fun Now, chris what's your first one out of this group
1: so I'm doing another Friday night parlay. So, like, we're in – because we're in conference play, Friday night games are going to be a little bit more interesting to watch. There's always an ACC game. It's either Thursday or Friday. They switch it up. There's always a Pac-12 or a Mountain West game. So I'm doing I'm doing two and uh, this one, um, a Friday night parlay. NC State plays Louisville. Um, NC State is at home in this game, um, I believe. Uh, and uh, – I kind of like the football that they've been playing. I don't, you know, I've only watched two Louisville games. I'm not completely, I haven't really figured them out, but, and NC state has had like a, a few more impressive wins in my opinion, than, than Louisville, like looking at the, um, at the history. Um, so NC state plus three, I think is a pretty solid Friday night, um, ACC bet. Um, and then Cincinnati plays BYU. Big 12 matchup. Um, I don't know why Cincinnati is favored in this game. I look, they haven't really played anybody. They haven't really done anything very impressive. BYU actually has a decent win on their, um, or decent wins on their schedule. And they had a close game against KU. That's, that's ranked this year. I I mean, this week. So I don't know. I, I, I like BYU to cover too. BYU is at home too. Cincinnati away game, why are they favored? I don't know. So I, it just it stood out to me, and I, I think those are good ones to pick.
0: Yeah, Cincinnati played Oklahoma pretty close. Uh, the, the, it was a much more intense game, all things considered, than I think a lot of people expected. A lot of that maybe speaks to what Oklahoma is offensively. Uh, they just they were really not crisp in this game.
1: That's uh, got to be the only reason why they're favored, though, right? Because like I, I the rest of their schedule is pretty pissed his poor matchup wise.
0: Yeah, and you got the loss to Miami of Ohio. I think there's just a sense that Cincinnati just is better than BYU, but BYU mm. has the better win against Arkansas, was not to, I mean, Kansas kind of controlled their game, tip to finish, but it wasn't a blowout by any stretch. BYU was competitive. It depends on how good you think Kansas is. I, I think it's reputation more than anything else, uh, and and people are higher in Oklahoma than I think they should be. O- o- Oklahoma has the one of the weakest schedules, and not just the Big Twelve, but in all the nation. And mm-hmm. to be honest, nobody they played is worth. They haven't played or done anything worth the shit. Like, their best win is probably the SMU game. SMU is not looking very good. I mean, they just got beat up pretty bad in their big rivalry game with TCU. TCU, I think, was comfortably better than SMU and looked just as good as OU did in that game. Uh, And that that big rivalry game, a lot to play for. The last one, that one's going to be played in a while. A lot of factors leading into there, and OU really – didn't put the hurt on them and OU you really didn't put the hurt on a bad Cincinnati team so I think there's just a misconception Oklahoma's not a top 25 football team no. they played a schedule worth of it is the biggest joke in the conference that they probably will make the conference championship just because I mean the schedule's just so awful if you're wondering how to bet on OU the rest of the year they've got like though they'll only not be favored in maybe one game from here on out because they got Texas, UCF, Kansas, Oklahoma State, West Virginia, BYU, TCU. So they dodge. They dodge pretty much anybody in the Big 12 of a pulse outside of Texas. Mm-hmm. And it depends on what Kansas can do. Oklahoma State, they had the Bedlam game awful. So I, I think there's just an overvaluing of what Oklahoma is, and that fed into why Cincinnati's considered better. I would take BYU running away. Uh, I think those are some good picks. So looking over here for me, I've got... First off the radar game, I've got South Alabama plus three against, uh, uh, I think it's South Florida is who they're up against. And the reason why is pretty simple. I just, or no, excuse me, they're up against, uh, uh, crap, James Madison. That's right. I had I had this written down wrong. They're up against James Madison. Don't get me wrong. James Madison's a, a scrappy program since they've made the jump up. There's a tremendous amount of excitement. They get him at home. I haven't followed the storyline as closely, but I think they've sold out pretty much every game. I know they sold their season ticket allotment in a hurry. They haven't stumbled to date, but they haven't looked good at any given point. They beat a terrible Virginia team. They beat a not good Utah State team. South Alabama, for its part, isn't exactly world beaters. They're coming off a loss to Central Michigan, but they absolutely laid the wood on Oklahoma State. You know, Oklahoma State's not good, but you beat them by 26, And Central Michigan aside, I think the potential of South Alabama winning this game outright against James Madison. Um, I think this is an example of, you know, not many people are watching these two teams play. And they went with the guy who was undefeated as the favorite at home. But I think South Alabama is a better football team. I like that. Plus three. Um, Let me see. I got Illinois plus one over Purdue. This is the battle of the Big Ten. Who gives a shits? Both (laughs) of these teams are just terrible. Um, but Purdue has a lot of bad on its resume. I, I think Purdue may legitimately be the, one of the worst teams in the Power Five. I think they're kind of racing Virginia for those honors. They got hammered by, by Wisconsin, beat pretty soundly by Syracuse, took a big L to Fresno State, and their only win was over a hapless Virginia Tech. So it's, it's, it's just, and it wasn't, by the way, Virginia Tech is terrible. If you're wondering how bad, coming off a loss to Marshall Ann Rutgers only went over ODU, and that was a seven point game. Illinois ain't nothing to be writing home about. Um, They're the, 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 the just not, you know, but the, if you're talking about who's got slightly better schedule, they weren't beaten too handily by Penn State they beat FAU they beat Toledo I mean these aren't good teams but it's one point and Illinois is better than Purdue so give me that one and my last one here and this is the one I feel the worst about Iowa State is plus 20 against Oklahoma I I've made it clear here that I thought Iowa State was bad for a long time they're even worse than I think I thought they were That offense is just completely out of sorts, but that is a very good defensive football team. That is legitimately a good defensive football team. That's got a little bit of momentum on their shoulders now uh, with their last win over Oklahoma state and the battle of the big 12, who gives a shits. Uh, They, they pulled off that win. Look, OU's going to beat them. OU's not really going to be challenged much by this schedule, but Oklahoma's offense is as bad as you might think it is. This is this is not an aberration. That offense is out of sorts. They're up against a good defensive football team. Iowa State won't score much, but this one's going to be tight just by nature. So those are my three there. I, I, I feel the best about Illinois over Purdue, but I, I think all three of these give you pretty decent value without a tremendous amount of risk.
1: Yeah, I'm pretty shocked you took Iowa State considering you've been like shitting on them on this podcast all year.
0: <laughs> I they're not a good football team and but I I just don't I 20's a lot. 20's a lot, yeah. I fundamentally don't believe Oklahoma is going to get uh uh they're not going to get 20-point victory over Iowa State when they couldn't do it against like SMU. And mm-hmm. I, I just, I think that they're up against a much better, I mean, they beat Cincinnati by 14. Cincinnati's not better than Iowa State. I think yeah. they're an equal tier. And Cincinnati's not as good defensively. Could OU go in there and run a mud hole in them? Yeah, it wouldn't shock me. Would not shock me to watch Iowa State uh, just completely crap the bed again. But if you're asking me what seems likely OU's offense finding a polls or iowa state being good defensively i'm gonna lean on the cyclones getting beat by 17 just because they can't score yeah but i i you know i have no confidence in in iowa state at all but i have less confidence in oklahoma i think that is one of the most overrated teams we've ever seen in college football by nature of one of the shittiest schedules we've ever seen in college football at this (laughs) level i mean it's just a joke what's happened and it's gotten worse since some of the guys we were expecting to challenge them just aren't going to show up this year
1: Um, so my last one is, uh, ASU plays Cal, um, Cal's favored by 12 and a half. Um, I, that's a lock ASU fucking sucks. Um, it's just, it's just plain and simple. Them and Stanford are the two worst teams in the PAC 12. Um, Cal is going to whoop their ass. Um, that's easy money for me. So if any you West coast people want to throw some money on some West coast games, um, I would, that's a lock in my opinion.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, I, I just, it, it's not like, you know, again, this is another game where it, it's not necessarily you can be overly confident in, you know, the victor just being good as much as it is the other guy just being really bad. Yeah. I buy that. I just it, There's just no chance. I, I, I just don't. If you're asking me, what do I think is more likely? That's another scenario. Just like it's just not very likely that those guys are going to be good enough to, to compete. They're horrible. They're yeah, just and
1: awful. I had to make my homer pick of the week. So that there was that, too. <laughs>
0: I mean, if you get to make the homer pick and be right, that's always the win-win. So I take it and run with it. All righty. Now this next section is our prop bets. We also include over-unders in this section because it's tough to bet college football props. It's hard to find as many as you'd like. Uh, Not every prop bet is offered for every game. DraftKings has the most extensive selection, but there's still limits on things such as player rushing totals, passing totals, things of that nature that are limited to like individual games that they set up in advance. So this week, the prop. This was the hardest section for me to pick. Normally, Same. I don't have as much trouble finding prop Same. bets or over unders. I like. I really struggled to find ones that I felt good about. Uh, Chris, I'll let you go first here. What do you got?
1: I, m- mine are all over unders because again, I was having a hard time. the The slate of games just isn't as good this week, so it's like I didn't really feel great about any like any props that I saw. Um, the first one is uh, Washington versus Arizona. The over under is sixty seven and a half. I know that seems extremely high, and you're you're it's tempted to to pick the under. Washington has covered the over on every single game except for the Michigan State game, and the and in my opinion, the reason why the Michigan State game did not go over, Michigan State only scored one touchdown. That was the week that all the drama happened with the coach, and all came to fruition. I think that team was just defeated mentally, so they just that's why their offense did not show up. Arizona has put up some points against all their opponents. Um, we know what a Washington's offense can do. They are just fucking airing it out. They, them, and Oregon are they're the two best offenses in the country right now they are airing out they are just putting up points like it's like it's their job i i yeah i i would i i would take the over on that um even though it's so high i just i have a lot of confidence in washington's offense and arizona is a much better um team than michigan state and we yeah anyway there's that (laughs)
0: Yeah, I I think that, you know, when we're talking about over-unders in college football, you you bet on good offenses always showing mm-hmm. up, and Washington's been as good as anybody in the nation offensively. Um, Penix is just having a hell of a career and is sneaking his way into the Heisman conversation slowly but steadily. Uh, my, my first is an over-under as well. We got UCF, USF, Navy. 54 and a half is the over-under in this game, and for the life of me, For the life of me, I could not begin to tell you why. For one thing, this is not predicted to be a particularly big uh, victory for either side. Navy's a a three-and-a-half-point favorite. Neither team's very good, but you're really telling me that you're going to get 54-and-a-half out of two football teams like this? I mean, USF just ground Alabama to a halt not too long ago, and Navy is Navy. So we're really expecting a high-scoring affair. You know, I, I, I think this is an overreaction to the fact that USF played Bama close and they beat up on rice. I, I will admit the Alabama game was a great showing for them, but it was also in the middle of a goddamn typhoon in which an Alabama quarterback situation was a joke. And I think Nick Saban was pretty much punishing his fans and the team for asking for a backup. <laughs> but I, I just, it's a naval, it, it's, it's a military academy. Take the under 54 and a half is no joke of an over under take the under if you're going to touch it take the under it just feels right uh to two go weeks there. in a
1: row with navy huh there you, you got your eye on them
0: i just i i i like i think the military academies are just really easy to predict and yeah that makes them betters friends um i'm not saying that i think navy's a good football team they are not but they are navy and army play a certain way and it typically works out to assume you're going to see it assume unders until you see otherwise and assume they're going to cover until you see otherwise, especially spreads that are 10 plus points. It is hard to put them away and it is hard to get a lot of separation. It's hard to get a lot of possessions. Syracuse in the second half of that army game dominated. I -hmm. mean, just ran right through army defensively. Army could not army couldn't move the ball and army could not stop Syracuse at all defensively. And they still backdoor covered on what was a garbage time touchdown, but still it's just hard to get the separation you want from these guys. And it's hard for them to score a lot. It's hard for them to do anything besides grind games down into a slog to win. I think if you're asking me uh, uh, what happens here, I think this is a pretty low scoring affair and that's, Fifty-four and a half ain't a joke when you're talking about a military academy. They are not liable to score more than seventeen points in this game, and they could win doing it. So that—that's why I like to bet the military academies. I learned this the hard way last year. I took—I took against the military academies quite often last year, mm-hmm. uh, kind of trying to it on the opposite theory and was just wrong almost every time so i i i've now learned and I, so far i don't think i think i maybe lost a bet with a military academy on an, uh covering the spread or being an under i think navy getting blown out by notre dame was the one i think i had the under in that game too <laughs> so i just it's just been it's just been it's almost easy money to assume that they're gonna they're gonna hold the score of these games
1: down mm-hmm. uh, i went with a similar strategy for this one so um Boise State's playing uh, Memphis, the overrunners 59 and a half. There's nothing about these two teams and the way they played this year that would make me feel confident that they're going to go over, that they're going to score a total of 60 points. I They've shown some interesting flashes, both teams, um, in the offense, but at the end of the day, they just have not been consistent. They'll score, Boise will score 14 points one game, and the next week they'll score 35. Same thing with Memphis, this over/under. It's, it's probably proper for, you know, a college football game, but it's not a proper for this matchup. So I'm going to take a flyer and go on the under for 59 and
0: a half. Yeah, I like it there. And, you know, I don't feel good about this next one. I'm just going to get to it. I just got to get through it. I don't feel good about it, but I I think it is. I just think it'll be a lot of fun to watch this game. And I think I could see it happening. So I I do not recommend taking this bet, but this is the most fun outcome. Oregon state, Utah is going to be one of our big games of the week. Uh, Here is a fun prop bet. If you'd like an extra reason to get involved, I'm taking Oregon state versus Utah getting into overtime in this game. Now what kind of odds are you getting on an overtime matchup between these two? Because here's the thing. We're going to talk about this in a minute. This is probably going to be a pretty close football game. I mean, it just is. Uh, we're, we're talking about two of the better teams in the Pac-12, both of which battling pretty hard. Oregon State's a, a three-and-a-half-point favorite, with good reason. I think they're the better team. That's We'll get down to what we think is going to happen in the long. It's plus 1,200 for overtime, folks. It's the Pac-12 weird thing. The Pac-12's been not we- that weird this year, to be honest with you. Other than the Colorado sideshow, the game has been pretty not quiet's the right word i think there's been surprises for instance how
1: good predictable uh, i think the games have all been predictable i would say i mean it, like it, even last week oregon state versus washington state like that game was close all game oregon state was favored but i, I you know it wasn't washington it was in washington so i i mean that was predictable at, at it, some we level. we just we
0: haven't gotten a truly wild finish yet this is at yeah PM. very
1: unscripted
0: Central. It's the evening game on the West Coast. It's going to be your Pac-12 after dark game. This is a Pac-12 yeah. after dark prime time matchup on the West Coast. We haven't had a moment yet that's made us scratch our heads. This feels like it could be a moment. Utah is leaning heavily on its defense. Oregon State's a good, great football team, but has a lot to prove in this game, and will continue to do for the last of the year, coming off a big, a tough loss on the road at Washington State. I don't. I'm not saying I would place this bet, but throwing down five dollars on plus twelve hundred with these two teams in pac twelve after dark to go into overtime. I I think we're due for some weird shit on the West Coast, and this will help. This will help us out and get it.
1: Uh, yeah, yeah. I I um. I, that's interesting. I don't know if I would take that, but that's an interesting bet. Uh And I I like the ballsiness by you on this one, making that was that was. Very, very, I like it. Um, my last one's Florida versus Kansas. Over-under's 44. That just seems extremely low to me. Nothing about these teams has shown me that they're low scoring, particularly offenses, except for Florida against Utah. But like you just said about Utah, they have a really good defense and they've been riding that defense all year. I mean, Florida has been their offense has considerably showed up in the last three weeks. Um so I just think it's too low for college football. So I would, I, I mean, I, I took, I did one of these last week and it hit. It was the, what was it? Iowa State versus, who knows? Iowa State was in it. So it was probably, it was probably, and I think the overrunner was 37. And sometimes like, like I said last week, sometimes you have to look at the lines and look at the outliers and be like 44, what's going on there? Or uh, yeah, forty-four. What's going on there? All right, I'm going to take the over. Or sorry, this is Kentucky, not Kansas. Kentucky. Um, at forty-four, like what's going on there? I I need to I need to like I, I'm gonna I'm gonna take the outlier. I'm gonna go over and you know hope that you know the the odds are in my favor. Which likely with the over under that low, they are going to be in your favor.
0: Yeah, every now and then you just get some of these where you're like you're you're overthinking some of where I think Vegas overthinks some of how to respond to good defensive football teams Uh, outside of the the academies i typically lean to thinking that you're going to get overs in a lot of these games with stupidly low it's just how i think and i think on on occasion we get way too roped into like well these are two you know offenses that are not necessarily that great and you've got some pretty good defenses and we get sucked into this that oh it's going to be low scoring Typically speaking, those games tend to not do what you think. I mean, I, it, they just don't. And they tend to be more uh, explosive. Iowa State, Oklahoma State, great example of this last week, right? Like you talked about, I think it was 37 and a half where you had them. Uh, you know, two bad teams, two terrible offenses, two overall seasons that are going nowhere in a hurry, and they're still going to cover on that, right? Mm-hmm. And that—that's that's just how college football tends to be. You don't see a lot of games below a certain score point. Um, You know, I think anything above uh, 60 is pretty outrageous, even for college football to assume anything below 40 is pretty outrageous for college football to assume. So it's, if you find your sweet spot, whatever your range is that you like, those are the ones to take. Um, My last one here is I think kind of a, a, kind of a fun one. Um, So I've been riding the Oregon train for a bit now. They've been more successful for me than a lot of picks just because they've Pretty much comfortably taking care of business. Um, there is a fourth quarter lead spread, which I think is a really fun prop bet. It's plus. The odds are plus one forty on this, by the way, which is why I'm doing it because I think that's a, a sneaky way to get some to get some good odds in a game Oregon is heavily favored in. Uh, they're up against Stanford. Stanford is as bad as you think they are. Just a terrible, terrible, terrible football team this season. Uh, with one win over Hawaii, they've been pretty much slapped around. By uh, they got slapped around by USC, lost to Sacramento State, and then Arizona had a narrow victory. They're not good. They're horrible. Oregon's very good. It's seven and a half is the first quarter spread. I think Oregon does what they did to Colorado. I think they just comfortably bury them 14 points at a time in each quarter. And again, you're getting Oregon, who is a 20 point, no, excuse me, 27 point favorite in this game right now. You're getting them as with underdog odds at covering seven and a half in the first quarter. That's that's a lot of fun to me. I didn't realize that's how that worked. I was looking at DraftKings and I saw that and I was kind of shaking a bit. But they'll give you plus or minus on first quarter spreads and they'll give you plus one forty on it. Um, and I think that's a lot of fun to see,
1: folks. I'm calling it right now. That is the lock of the week. That is the easiest. That is that that is a, a brilliant pick for you to throw out there for for listeners. Making that that is an absolute lock. They're playing this in Palo Alto and uh you know Pac-12 fans know. Stanford is notoriously famous for their fans do not show up to their games. Their students don't really show up. They're busy studying or whatever nerds do at Stanford. Uh, (laughs) Sorry, I had to take my jab. Um, And Oregon fans travel. Uh, A lot of Oregon fans in the Bay Area as well working in tech. They will be there. They will be loud. They will be present. Um, Seven points is too low for how good this Oregon offense is. They are going to easily cover that in the first quarter.
0: Yeah, I just you know I I have a friend who went to Stanford and he talked about it a bit and it just as bad as you think they are, uh, on the field, off the field, the fan base is even worse. I just they're just not even I mean, they when they
1: were to, good during the David Shaw years, dude. The people did not show up. I I've, I've been to the that stadium. I've been to games when they were good. Nobody shows up. It's it's wild to they, me. They
0: they have they're one of those teams where if they're not legitimately numbered like one in the nation there is not a they're seventy 75 percent occupancy even during a top 10 year they're just it's a terrible fan base nobody's there uh it's a shitty venue there's nothing to like about stanford oregon is just doing oregon things right now that that i have watched a lot of football this year and there have not been that many just washington's been one and oregon's been the other where they've just been pretty much dominant every week and even when you thought they might be on the ropes they just find ways to win oregon over tech was a great example of a team that just refuse to lose despite making the several mistakes in that game. Um, and I, I think that Oregon's just, they're not going to get challenged by Stanford. So it's just a question of how fast do you think they run up the score? And I think they do it early and often.
1: And they're just reliable betting-wise like you said, Oregon-Washington, you can just rely on them betting-wise this season so far. Until they, until they, those big three in that conference play, USC, Oregon, and Washington, that's the only time I would be a little hesitant to make bets. But until that time, you can pretty much rely on them to to hit your bets.
0: Yeah, and that—that's what I'm saying on the prop bet side. Now, Bo Nix's rushing total didn't hit for me last week, but largely Oregon has covered pretty much everything they think you think they're going to. And you know, Colorado is a better team than Stanford. I think that's not yeah. even uh, uh, re- that's not even remotely controversial to say. And Oregon had a lot to go in for him. I mean, you've seen the trash talking, all the stuff that continues to be in the media uh i think it was shiloh sanders actually tweeted at a highlight video after losing like that i thought that was a joke but point being they were highly motivated that game steamrolled them but they've just kind of been that efficient offensively all year nobody's cracked the code for that look let me put it this way tech took away pretty much everything oregon wanted to do offensively and they still went up and down the field Mm -hmm. at times i mean like tech did everything you were supposed to do kept them in front completely erased the running backs and still was unable to stop bo Nix from just picking them apart so that that is a very balanced very dangerous offense that has a good defense behind it stanford's in a, for a world of hurt all right i believe that brings us to the end of this segment chris you have another was i right you're all, that was your th- no you're good
1: yeah you got them all so all break,
0: right man. so we're gonna head to break after our break we're gonna get to the pack uh, the Pac-12, Big 12, Big Ten, SEC, and ACC games of the week. These are our pick'em contest games. One from each of the major conferences. We gave you a sneak preview of one of the games that'll be talked about tonight. We're gonna be talking about these games a bit more at length and giving you our picks. I'll reiterate this after the break, but to give you an update on where we stand. I'm at 12 and 8 and Chris is at 13 and 7. So if you've been riding with us this year, you're in the money still. We're on a last week was a bit of a rough a rougher slate than we've been used to. We've been on a hot streak. but still as you listen to this after the commercial break, remember we're still riding pretty high on these picks and we have not yet dipped near the 500 line, so you're still making money if you're rocking with us. We'll be back here in about a minute and a half. back thanks for hanging around for us after the break i know you can probably just skip through those commercials anyways wherever you're listening to but i appreciate the effort of clicking through now let's talk about our power five games of the week if you did if you for some reason just skip to the end of this baby and missed all the lead up to what this is this is our pick 'em contest i said this before the break i'll say it again i'm at 12 and 8 chris takes the lead for the first time this year at 13 and 7 those games by the way we both had ohio state Minus three. It pushed. I counted both towards a win for both of us since we did not lose money on it. I didn't know how else to treat it. I didn't feel right treating it as a loss, but that's how we chose to handle it.
1: This is now America. We're... We hate ties. Let's not do that. Yeah,
0: I, I, I think, you know, Ohio State <laughs> won the game. We had Ohio State win in the game. You yeah. know what? Sue us. It's our podcast. Sue us if you got a problem with it. Uh, so that allowed. However, Chris did take advantage over me. He had the Texas over Baylor. Was a big differential, and then Florida State, Clemson, were were the separated and allowed him to take the lead. That Clemson loss in particular stings pretty bad for me. Uh, we're gonna get into it. We got the SEC up first. LSU versus Ole Miss. LSU is a two and a half point favorite. LSU is making a case for itself in the SEC West. Uh, with Alabama faded, it looks a pretty like a. Act- kind of a wide open division I'm not saying that Bama won't end up locking it down as they took care of business against Ole Miss but you know they look more vulnerable than they've looked in a long time so that conference is largely wide open this is a big matchup Ole Miss is coming off that disappointing showing where they were unexpectedly the the underdog coming into last week and then it turned out Vegas knew what nobody else did as Alabama controlled that game now Chris I'm gonna let you pick this one first you got the Tigers versus the Rebels who you got in this one
1: uh I got Old Miss to cover to cover two and a half. I, I'm just not sold on LSU, man. I'm just not. And and Old Miss, yeah, they lost 24 to 10 last week. Um, tough loss, Alabama. Alabama, that was a statement game from them. They needed to show up. I think that old miss is going to be a statement game for them. I think that if they want to stay uh in the in the conversation at the top of the SEC, they need to win this game. Um, it's at Old Miss too. Um and yeah, I, again, I'm just not, I'm just not sold. I, they've LSU has come roaring back. They've had some good games, but I, I'm just not sold on them yet. Uh, maybe I have a soft spot for Lane Kiffin. I, I don't know. I don't know why. Because, maybe because I'm a former Raider fan. But I, I just, uh, I like the way Ole Miss has been playing. Even in the loss Alabama last week, they, it did feel like they were in it till the end. Some, until maybe like five minutes left of the fourth quarter. That's kind of when it felt like it was over. But they, it felt like they were in it and they, they could have made a run. So, um, yeah, I like the home team on this one. What about you?
0: The fact that it's at home gives me pause uh, for Ole Miss, but I I think LSU wins this game. You know, I'm not Mm. a fan of Lane Kiffin's. I've seen enough of his coaching to just not. I just don't like the guy. I don't like how he chooses to do business. I don't like how his teams play. Um, I I don't know which one of these teams is actually better, but if you're asking me, you know, Ole Miss came out last week where they were, well, they were not officially the favorite, as I mentioned. They were the favorite in pretty much everybody's mind, and they just kind of laid an egg. Granted, Bama's Bama. It's going to be tough to put them down even in a bad year. But L- LSU's got a lot to prove. They took a beating from Florida State early on in the season. They responded with a couple of blowouts and then really struggled last week against Arkansas. So they still got a lot of prove. Both these teams do. But I think that LSU's just a better team here. I don't think Lane Kiffin's going to be able to get his guys up at, off the mat that fast after that tough loss. I'm not saying I feel great about this one. This is a really tough contest. Um... And I I don't think that you're wrong going either way here. But if you're asking me which one do I feel better about, I feel better about assuming Lane Kiffin isn't going to get the job done. Um, I just just don't think he's a very good football coach. I don't think he coaches. I don't think his teams play the way that you need to to win games like this. Um, But it's going to be kind of a – it could be a pretty tough affair. And it will have significant – significant impact on how the sec west shows up if someone is going to dethrone bama for all the talk about alabama we forget they still haven't lost anybody in the sec west so mm-hmm. it's still their division True. until somebody proves otherwise but if you're wanting to dethrone them you gotta you have to win games like this that's the only way to get it done uh yeah. our next game is out of the big 10 and this isn't a per- the big 10 slate's not great this week uh it just isn't And I don't feel good about this game at all, but it's Michigan State versus Iowa. Iowa's a 12-and-a-half favorite. Iowa just got absolutely laid out by Penn State. They were embarrassed completely as a program. You got a quarterback afterwards talking about... Oh, I, well, my receivers only have 14 catches, but that's not my fault. I just, I just play the game after talking all year about, oh, I hope you guys think our offense sucks. So I, I think there is a little bit of just dessert for the, the Hawkeyes um, sucking again offensively for what their AD continues to do and what their head football coach continues to do with that program, which is a crying shame. Michigan State for its part, of course, has the horrible issues with Mel Tucker and they just suck. I mean, they just suck ass. They're just not good. No impressive wins have been blown out twice that's why i was the heavy favorite despite the fact that the hawkeyes are not very good either uh for their own part especially offensively chris this is a a kind of a letdown of a big 10 slate especially after the fun of iowa ohio state taking it on notre dame which was a big win for that conference uh how do you feel about this kind of dog shit game
1: I just think that Iowa showed us last week that they are the same old Iowa like they they put up a zero burger on fucking on Penn State like it's just the same old team they can't score on offense like in it it blows my mind because all there's just so much NFL talent from Iowa and a good amount of them are on offense in the NFL but like my god like they just they just can't do it it's the same it I, I mean. Yeah. And, and I, I get, and look, Mel Tucker's out of the building. He's gone. Michigan state can finally move on. Um, and I think it's more that I just don't feel confident in the favorite enough to cover this pretty large spread, rightfully so large, because Iowa is a good football team and they have been in the top 25, but, but it's just too big for me to feel confident that, and to see what Iowa's doing on offense pass for you, uh, this this season to to feel confident in a covered covered twelve and a half so I, I took Michigan State to to cover. Um I don't feel great about it but I just don't feel great about Iowa. Just don't
0: I, I've got no problem with that pick and you know I, I as bad as Michigan State is um, I just I ended up going with Iowa in this one. Just I think Michigan State is that bad. Hmm. Um, and I don't think Iowa's particularly good offensively, but it's Michigan State isn't losing these games close. They're getting blown out, and they're doing it without really scoring, and I do think Iowa is better defensively than Maryland, who Michigan State managed a whopping nine points against. I think that, that team's just finished. I think there's no momentum left in that program. They're players that you can't – there's no – they can't rally around anything. Um, you know, They're just not good enough, and I, Iowa's I not – going to score much in this game but I just fundamentally don't think Michigan State's going to move the ball they just haven't in the last two weeks so that's that's why I went with it I don't like this pick per se just because I really don't believe in Iowa at all to really be able to cover spreads of this size but Michigan State's that bad Iowa is that bad offensively Michigan State is legitimately one of the worst teams in the nation the Big Ten has several The Big Ten, Mm -hmm. the Big 12 is not having a good year by any by any measurement. The Big Ten has like three or four of the worst teams in the nation despite that. That, that, you know, the Big Ten and the Big 12 are having a bad year overall. You know, the ACC's kind of got a dogfight thing going. The SEC's wide open with a lot of top talent. Pac-12's the best conference on earth right now. But the Big Ten and the Big 12 are, have some stinkers. I mean, the Big Ten's got Purdue, Illinois, Michigan State, Northwestern, Rutgers. These are just terrible football teams that make up the bottom of that conference. And Michigan State may be the worst of all of them. I, I just... Hard, hard to feel good about them. Hard to feel good about them scoring against Iowa at all. I could see them getting shut out in this game without question. And then it's just a question. Can Iowa score 14? That, that's a risky proposition. Don't get me wrong. 14 points for Iowa is a goddamn marathon for them to reach. But too crappy. D- th- nobody should watch this game. We only put it on here because the rest of the slate is that bad. I believe this is the primetime. This game is the game.
1: primetime NBC game because they have nowhere else to go this week. <laughs>
0: So yeah, like just don't watch this one, guys. Check the score, take the pick, whichever one you feel better about. But check the score. This is going to be no fun to watch. And Uh, look,
1: I watched Cade McNamara for two seasons at Michigan, and constantly watch him put together disappointing drives for Michigan. It doesn't surprise me that he's having the same issue at Iowa. That that's another thing. It's like the guy who's leading the offense. Like, do I have confidence in him to put up 14 in the defense to cover and to put up zero? Yeah. yeah
0: no yeah Stop. it's just it's just a question of who what do you believe how bad do you think michigan is michigan state is and how bad do you think i was offensively you got to balance that for yourself and then pick accordingly uh this next one's the spread is huge here and i think we're reaching the point of the year where they're starting to do the the, the over correction texas is a 16 and a half favorite over kansas we've been using texas a lot lately but the reality is, is that this isn't a better big 12 game this week and um regardless of how you feel about it. Texas is the top of the big 12 until proven otherwise. So there, anytime you get a rank versus rank matchup like this, it's probably going to be your game of the week. KU, I not sold on, but they have done what they needed to do. They've taken care of business. I mean, look, they should have probably put a bit more of a hurt on BYU. They're not exactly playing the world's most difficult schedule out there. You know, we're talking about a, a team with wins over Illinois uh, in an 11 point affair, Illinois is terrible and a close win over Nevada and a, not a narrow win, but not a comfortable win over BYU. Texas, for its part, struggled mightily against Wyoming, but then just completely dominated a, a Baylor team that is even – I thought Baylor wasn't going to be good. I am stunned by how bad Baylor actually is. There's <laughs> there's a race to the bottom of the Big 12, and unfortunately, Tech is a member of it. But that, that the Baylor is really making a case to be the worst team overall. They are I, – I mean, I'm not saying Dave Aranda's on his last ropes, but it ain't, it ain't much to say that he's in trouble. But otherwise, you know, Texas has done what they've expected to do. They pulled away late to cover against Wyoming. Uh, that was a very hot contest. If you watch that, it was tied into the fourth quarter. Wyoming just ran out of gas. They beat Bam on the road. Um, they they didn't look great against Rice, but they. Be, I mean, these are they're comfortably winning games. Mm-hmm. The Baylor game was the most impressive one to date. It was the first one their offense really looked as efficient as maybe they were hoping it would look. Um, they were they just jumped on the Bears early and often and really moved the ball at will. Sixteen and a half is a huge spread on this one, and I'm not saying KU is who they may be in the years to come. It's been exciting to watch that program steadily get better and stop being just a complete joke. I don't think they're going to win this game, but Texas is not good offensively. They they've masked it by beating putting up a lot of points against teams who are not particularly good. Thirty seven at Rice, thirty one at Wyoming. In both instances, their defense was responsible for a lot of those, for a lot of the availability of those points. Baylor was the first game in which um, I thought that they just offensively just looked incredible. Now, granted, they look pretty good offensively against Alabama, too. Quinn Ewers had his best game that night, but I think that they looked, they've looked uncomfortable more often than not offensively. And for an offense with guys like Quinn Ewers, Xavier Worthy, um, you know, just the overall talent on that roster. It is a little surprising that I think until the Baylor game, they were like last in uh, expected offensive efficiency. And they were just, they just, they, I watched the Wyoming game. They just struggle to do little things right offensively. They seem to keep scoring points. The defense has been all that in a bag of chips, and that has helped them mightily. And Quinn Ewer's had a fantastic game against Bama, but 16 and a half against a KU offense that is pretty damn dynamic and is going to be the only reason Kansas stays in a lot of games this year. You know, I don't think anybody's shocked to hear that KU's not necessarily world beaters defensively. Not bad, but they're not world beaters defensively. I, I just, 16 and a half, I, I think Kansas can cover it. And this just feels like, We're getting to that point where these spreads for Texas are starting to overcorrect. You know, people have been balancing how back is Texas, and now they look the part of a top five team, and they, they just hammered Baylor, and I think Vegas is testing and testing the limit on how much better they are than everybody else in the conference, but, you know, Kansas is probably twice as good as Baylor. This game is... uh uh, is at is it going to be in austin at 230 it'll be a pretty crowded environment i'm not you're not going to lose anything that they've done a good job getting fans in the stands and and it'll be loud and raucous but you know jayhawks just have a way of pissing off texas and i think they can keep this one close
1: this one was tough uh i'm simply going by um Texas did me right with a with a with a wide spread last week, and I hope they're going to do me right again. So I took Texas to cover this absurd spread. So hear me out. In your theory, Kansas is twice as is twice as good as Baylor, two times better than Baylor. Well, last week Texas beat Baylor thirty eight to six. So if you double that, they still cover the spread. So in theory, there's some promise to my pick right here.
0: I, 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 am not saying, look, like I'm never going to be totally sold on Texas until they actually do the thing. And they've looked the part outside of moments where I thought the offense looked more uncomfortable than they would have liked, but it's hard. I think we're getting, it's hard for me to figure out Texas right now because Bama is clearly somewhere between an eight win team and a 10 win team.
1: I agree. Yeah. Baylor's agree hard terrible. To yeah.
0: Wyoming pushed Texas to the brink. Rice is not, as bad as they've been in the past, but still not good. They haven't really had a moment where they where, where somebody's come in with something to prove and really taken a shot at them yet. And when that when they've been pushed hard, Wyoming did it at home, it's been because their offense has struggled. I, I also it's hard. Don't it's hard for me to think. know what to think I don't about know what to next.
1: think of Kansas, though. You know, like I mean they, they... And
0: that's the other thing. I don't have neither of these teams I think have played the kind of games I would want to see to know definitively what's going to happen. Like
1: they beat beat Illinois by 10. They beat Nevada by nine, by seven. They beat BYU by 11. I mean, like these are wins by more than a touchdown, but they're not promising. No. And
0: I, I I just, this is as much as the belief that like KU has been the thing that has ruined Texas this season several times. Like more often than not, what has been like the death, toll for texas coaches has been kansas and if you're asking me what could be the end of like texas's dream season ku beating them at home is as likely as anybody to do it you know tech will play them at the end of the year that's another game that could easily be a spoiler depending on how that season's gone for texas but look i'm not sold on them offensively i'm not sold on kansas at all i i i think if texas comes out and covers this spread 16 and a half is a big spread for a conference game. I don't care how good you think Texas is. That is a significant spread for a conference game. If they cover that, then we're going to start having a conversation about Texas being 20 points better than every remaining team in the big 12. But I'm not to that point yet. They pounded a bad Baylor team, but I think Baylor's going to lose most of their games by 20 plus. Mm-hmm. That's reasonable. Uh, that's, that, reasonable. That just, that's just reality. So if I, I think this is the moment, you know, I think if Alabama was as good as they had been in years past, I could be like, OK, that's the moment that if Alabama turns out to be, you know, the win over Ole Miss, I think adds validity than what Texas did in that game. It's just hard for me to really be in on Texas. It just it's just against my nature to do it. And I've had no success betting for Texas ever in the past. I don't like to do it that often as a result. We'll see. I mean, this is this is this is just a tough week for picks, but I'm the bread side for those of you at home is we were presenting two cases for you in a lot of these games and you can just pick which one you believe in more. I am of the opinion Texas has more to prove before I'm ready to say they're 20 points better than somebody in conference who's probably a middle-tier conference team. I just I, I they are good. I don't know if they're a national title team yet. They should be and they have the ability to do it, but we'll see. I think this week will prove a lot for that fair now this next one is an interesting one Notre Dame Duke Notre Dame coming off a heartbreaking defeat is a six-point favorite over Duke Duke of course started the ACC kind of I don't know if this technically counted as a conference game or if it was non-conference I never bothered to look and see I know the ACC will occasionally play those early non-conference games against ACC members so I, I didn't check but they had they kind of shocked Clemson with that early convincing 20 point win, 21 point win. And since then, I mean, to be honest, Duke's taking care of business, guys. They they crushed Lafayette, crushed Northwestern, crushed Connecticut. They're up against a Notre Dame team that's reeling a bit, but is a six point favorite as of actually it's now gone to five and a half. We're going to play it at six, which is where we set this in our pre-show. But 72% of bets for Notre Dame. Notre Dame for its part has been good this year, but they are coming off a tough loss at home in a very low scoring affair. Chris, this is a tough matchup to pick. Who are you feeling?
1: It's at five now. You said
0: five and a half. It's gone five down a half. half. All pretty much every bet's on Notre Dame right now.
1: I think Notre Dame's for real. I was very really impressed by last week. I think Ohio State, especially after last week about that well that tough fog game, low scoring but tough fog game. I think Ohio State's the second best team in the country. Um, and I thought Notre Dame really. I mean. It could have gone either way. Um, so I think, and and look, Duke, that's great. They're having a great season. It's a great story. That's a basketball school at the end of the day. Um, I I just think Notre Dame is far and ahead better. Um, I only really like one team in the ACC this year, and that's Florida State. So I, I think it drops off decently after that. Um, so I took Notre Dame to cover, five, I guess, five and a half now. I had it six before, so they're definitely going to cover five and a half. Um, so, yeah, who would you take?
0: I, I've got Duke in this one. And I don't think hmm. it's because I don't think Notre Dame's for real. I think Duke is undervalued right now. Um, I, I think Duke is getting undervalued because Clemson hasn't been as good as they had been in years past. But look, Clemson just pushed Florida State to the brink and should have won that game. Should have won that game. So Duke was not just like a little better than Clemson in that game. They were a good deal better. And they've just I took the same logic of Oregon State, Washington State last year. You got two good teams that are playing each other. Take the team that is just Banishing teams on the field. I mean, they have just no mercy, bitch slapped everybody they played. That to me is that's what winning programs do. And Notre Dame has been great this year. I think these are two of the better teams in the ACC. The ACCs have a hell of a year because Clemson's been dethroned. I think that's opened things up. But I, I take the team that's on the warpath, and Duke is on the warpath. I mean, they they are really taking it. Two teams. It's fair. I was I was impressed by Notre Dame. I've been impressed by them all year. But again, I, I used this logic last year and was right. Our last week and was right with Washington state. They were on the warpath. I took them and won another really tough contest. Got the win. I'm going to take, keep the logic here. The teams, teams that win by like 30 every week by mol- two, three, four touchdowns every week, have just a habit of keep winning. And, you know, Duke hasn't played this caliber of competition of the last few weeks that I think Notre Dame has by any stretch, but, uh, uh, well, let, let, let's be clear here that, you know, Clemson's not dead in the water. That's probably still an eight-win football team. That's still a tough team to go beat, and Duke just took it to them. So give me Duke, who's on a bit of a warpath right here. This is going to be a big week for our Pick'Em contest. I think we've been... Yeah, we ar- got a lot
1: of difference.
0: <laughs> uh, so this is going to be a big week. But again, you know, it, it could you go wrong going Notre Dame to cover six? That's a TD, basically. Yeah. Uh, I don't think so. And especially as the spread continues to drop, I would wait to the last minute to grab this one. This could get mm-hmm. to five in you know, four and a half by the end of the week, depending on how the betting's moving. And if you get it that low, that is a particular time to reconsider. But, you know, I think Duke wins this game outright. That that's what this pick is based on. I think Duke beats Notre Dame. I think this is the year of the blue devil in college football and the ACC. I think they're, I think they're undervalued because nobody's been paying that much attention to them the last few weeks. Cause they haven't been playing anybody good, but, that they're they're beating the shit out of everybody and it's time we start taking notice now this next game is probably the game of the week at least it is to me i think this is going to be the most fun.
1: i one. agree i think it's the game of the week as well
0: it's the pac-12 after dark utah oregon state oregon state friday night though four. friday
1: night pac-12 after dark.
0: friday night uh, yeah. Pac-12 of the dark so we're tripling down on the weirdness out in the pac-12 utah oregon state oregon state coming off the tough tough loss to washington state Brian, that was kind of the battle to decide who's the sleeper pick in the conference. Oregon State would have loved to have gotten that one done, narrowly did it, fell by three on the roll at Pullman, which if you've never, Pullman when it's full is a tough place to go play. The fans mm-hmm. are, are crazy out there when the team's good. Um, and once you get them going, they can really make it loud despite the size. Utah for its part is having an interesting year without Cam rising, carrying that offense. They've been just bad offensively. I mean, let's just be frank. They've just been bad offensively, but they've been putting a hell of a show on defense. The most points they've allowed through four games was 13 against Baylor. UCLA was held to seven in a very narrow contest. Uh, kind of feeds into how you feel about this game is how you feel about UCLA. Utah is going to be hoping its defense can do the job. Oregon State's going to be hoping its offense can do the job. It's a battle of, I think, best versus best here. And it's a question of who do you think can get it done at utah another kind of underrated venue to go play at they're fucking loud out there folks florida found out the hard way how no, loud it, it's, they can get it's at
1: no it's at corvallis it's in oregon
0: oh is it at corvallis it's still yeah. a tough place to go play they've been loud all year yeah the, 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 we're getting a taste of kind of the undersold venues in the pack you know everybody knows the coliseum when it's full is loud but utah state washington or utah washington state utah uh Oregon State, and Colorado. These are places that can get kind of loud, folks. And they're scenic as hell. All these places are pretty fun venues Mm -hmm. to go to. Pactol's got some great stadiums. It's just unfortunate that, like, for instance, Palo Alto is probably, I, I've heard, is very nice in terms of visiting. Stadium's a little old, I think, but nobody's ever there, so it doesn't really count. But, you know, you get some of these where there's a lot going on and that the fans are all all, all in and it's going to be loud. It's going to be late at night. You no know, class tomorrow, Friday night. Everybody's <laughs> going to be drunk as hell. It's a big game in the Pac-12 to decide that race. Oregon State trying to stay in it while Utah trying to assert itself near the top. Offense versus defense. Chris, who you taking?
1: Oregon State minus three. This was the easiest of the power five to pick. Oregon, this is going to be the toughest defense that that Utah has faced all season. And you you talk about their offense. Oregon State's offense is amazing, but their defense is also really good and I think very underrated. Um, I think they get overlooked, obviously, by by other teams in the PAC 12, like Oregon. Um, And I think, I mean, probably Oregon's the only other team that has a better defense, but Oregon State, yeah, this is going to be the toughest one. Still no cam rising. Their offense is pathetic. They're averaging like 25 points a game. It's just like, uh, it's, it's absolutely ridiculous. I think Oregon state's going to show up. They're going to throw it all. They're going to, give Utah's defense a run for their money and I think that also Utah's defense is going to be gassed by the end of this game because their offense is not going to be able to do jack shit and it's going to be 3 and out after 3 and out after 3 and out. So, yeah, I like Oregon State at home in Corvallis that again, the fans have really something to show up and 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 cheer about uh with an, another another matchup where um, you know, that it's kind of it's screwing over their future. So Oregon state minus three all day, every day.
0: Yeah. I got Oregon state in this one too. I think this was probably, this is going to be a good game. Don't get me wrong. But if you're asking me, what do I think is more likely to happen? Utah being able to score or Oregon state, getting past their defense. I think Oregon state getting past their defense is just a lot more likely. And look, I I just I think this is the year for Oregon State and Washington State to kind of lock up the Pac-12. I think they are maybe the best teams in the conference besides Washington. I I think we're talking about a Pacific Northwest trio holding the top three spots. You know, USC is going to be trying to muscle in there, but they have huge defensively defensive deficiencies. And I, I look if Cam Rising plays at all, I haven't been following utah close enough to see if the, what the injury status on him actually is but if he ever comes back their season is going to be a lot different if if he was back earlier in this year we're talking about utah as a national title contender that's how good i think they are defensively <laughs> but you got to be able to move the ball and they can't you have to be able to move the ball effectively because oregon state's not known for its defense this year but they're not bad defensively i think that's the biggest distinction utah is outright bad offensively so i think it's going to be probably low scoring I wouldn't be shocked if Utah has success, but, you know, I've got this one going in overtime just because I think it'll be, it's time for something weird as hell to happen in the PAC 12. But I think Oregon state wins this game and I think they win it by a touchdown. Uh, Those, those big,
1: those big Friday night uh, PAC 12 after dark matchups, like, you know, not the, not the, like the Stanford versus USC. I'm talking about the, the, the big, you know, contender ranked, uh, matchups that happen are always—it's like it—it's just a thing about like all Pac-12 fans know it. It's just a thing about the conference. Something always weird happens, which is why your overtime bet is actually not a bad bet. Just something always crazy happens.
0: Yeah, I just there. This is just going to be a strange one, and I mean, I I'm not I'm not. This is one of these bets that you make it just because you think Oregon State's going to win the game, and then you just hope they yeah. cover. And the spread is big enough or just small enough that that feels comfortable saying, but I, I think we're, we're due for some weird crap happening in the pack 12. This one could easily become, I, it's why I put the overtime prop bet. It's why I wouldn't be shocked if this turned into a barn burner, with Utah scoring 50, you know, like this, it's time for the conference to live up to its billing of being just the most bizarre shit show on earth. And I think this is a game that could happen, but, Hey, this week, this is the first one we agree about. Maybe that's a good sign for the beat for the Beavers yeah. to really take care of business. I wouldn't it also wouldn't shock me for Oregon State to just beat the hell out of Utah. I, I think they're playing angry all year. And I think they're pissed that they fell last week. So, you know, this is going to be a fun one. I, I'm really excited for Oregon State and Washington State. I really think they deserve to have the year they're having. And I'm, I'm hopeful that maybe somebody will take notice and they'll be able to get an invite to a Power 5 conference down the line. Um, that, that's, that's what they deserve. They're playing great football right now. It's just a question of what, what ends up happening down the line for realignment. But as of Friday night, I think Oregon State's going to take this one. And Chris agrees with me. <laughs> Mm-hmm. alrighty guys that'll bring us to the end of our show we'll be recapping how we did next week with the bad beat section and how we did the pickup contest as always, guys, you can shoot us a DM. Chris is on Twitter. Uh, the Cotton Club Crew is the easiest way to reach me on Twitter. Um, like, subscribe, follow, whatever it is, on whatever you do on whatever major podcasting platform. We're part of the Fans First Sports Network College Football feed. So if you're looking for us, that's where you got to go. It's just called Fans First Sports Network College Football. You'll see a whole list of college-centric shows, all kinds of you guys want going to get on. And we talk betting, but there's conference shows. There's shows that focus on specific uh I think there's an sec big 10 conference like mm-hmm. compo show there's all kinds of stuff out there on the college network including the college podcast the cod clip crew being my own but there's i think 14 15 of us now so go find us chris covers if you're a mlb fan chris is part of the mlb he's got the a's unfortunately for him uh <laughs> <laughs> He'll be bringing you the A's news, but there's a bunch on the MLB side. There's a ton of guys in the NHL, NFL, and I'll all be over the board.
1: I'll be popping on the the Warriors podcast this week with uh, with his host talking uh, uh, preseason and camp. So uh, check that out. That's the Oakland Warriors podcast, also part of the FanFirst Sports Network. So.
0: so yeah, just gotta plug the network, guys. They're doing a lot of, we're doing a lot of great work over here, Bill, as we build this out. First year in operation on 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 all fronts, but first year in particular for the college podcast. So support us, support the others that you like. Guys, we've been winning a lot. I have won every week this year in in, in betting. I'm not going to make you maybe crazy rich unless you're betting real money on this stuff, but I I I haven't lost yet. So, and I don't believe Chris has really taken any losses himself. We're
1: over 60%. That's a better's dream.
0: So, guys, you know, I'm I'm not saying that you'll you should bet with us every week, but if you're betting with us every week, odds are you're winning so far. So, keep riding this hot streak with us. Hopefully, it never ends. As they say, you know, a gambler's nightmare is stopping right before that big win. So be sure to keep up with us week to week. We'll be back next week, guys. Enjoy your weekend. This hopefully will post before Oregon State, Utah. Depends on the timing. If it doesn't, uh, just know that we we recorded this several days in advance. So we weren't trying to to screw you guys by knowing something that had already happened. We recorded this on uh, Wednesday night. So if this is not out by Friday evening, just know we didn't know the outcome of the game. Uh, but I hope I bet we're going to be right. I think we, we usually are, so I agree. have a good one you guys. Enjoy this fleet of college football. Talk to you guys next week.